0: That guy, yeah. we got a that guy. Yeah. All right, how many <laughs> How many go to the movie theater? Yeah. Right and when you're at the movie theater, it's at a really, really quiet part in the movie, and directly behind you is this guy with a 20-ounce soda <laughs> Oh, 24 ounce. And, and he, he's sipping with his straw, and you realize that there's nothing left because he is that guy who, when his drink is clearly done, tries slurping the last bit during the quietest part in the movie. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Okay. I got I got one more. I got one more. <laughs> Don't be that guy that takes longer than a girl to get ready. <laughs> Bryce Shepherd. <laughs> he's he's the one that came up with it. He's the one that came up with it. But when he sent that to me, I was like, bro, is that you? Is that you? All right, Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Verse seven. You there? If you're there, Sam there. If you're not, Sam slow. All right, well here we are. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 7, chapter 12, verse 7. This is what it says. Paul's speaking. He's writing to the Corinthians. He's writing here. He says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, and a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Well, that word buffet is simply to beat me. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Unless I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And only then am I strong. Would you pray with me? God, tonight we're thankful for this awesome opportunity to gather together as your church. God, as young people who are in love with you. God, aware to some degree of your majesty and your brilliance and your love for us. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. God, who came and lived a life we could never live, who died the death in our place And who rose again that he might bring us to you in perfect harmony in righteousness and in justification. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus. We praise you and we thank you. And we offer this night to you as a sacrifice and as a thanksgiving to you. And God, we ask that in these few moments, Lord, that you might speak to each one of us. Lord, that we leave here different. God, that we leave here understanding that you are almighty and that you're the all-sufficient one. And God, that there is nothing in you that you cannot meet, that you cannot mend. God, there's nothing that you cannot do and meet the need of our hearts. So God, we're desperate for you tonight to speak to us, to encourage us. Help us, God. And God, bless those guys who just take way too long to get ready. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we've been talking about food and drinking a lot lately, we've been kind of on this series of being hungry and being thirsty. And as we've been talking about this, I've been thinking about more and more uh, uh, examples of what happens when we get really hungry, Um, especially when it's late at night. You get really, really hungry, and you're looking for a midnight quick fix. No, not McDonald's. Sickos. Don't listen to don't listen to the Mick fix. This you might die by the time you pull out of the parking lot. Not because of the food, but because I'll snipe you. Gosh, he's brutal. Yes. Yes, when it comes to that, I'm brutal. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, "You hypocrite. I've been to McDonald's with you. You have Don't tell anybody. You work there? My goodness. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just going to stay on this side of the pulpit for the rest of the I'm just I'm just kidding Danielle. Just, you know, it's okay to work there just don't eat there. Do I need to explain? Anybody? Did you see supersize me? Anybody? Did you see? Hey, look, you eat where you want to eat and you die when you want to die. Oh gosh, that was too far. That was too far. I'm sorry. Anyways, okay, calm down. There's too much tension in the house tonight. Bring it back. Anyway, so I was talking about food. Uh, <laughs> you know those times when your parents are either out of town or your wife, <coughs> and, uh <laughs> and you go to the refrigerator, and you're looking for jam, and there's no jam, and then you go to the bread cabinet, and you look for bread, there's no bread. Because walking into the kitchen, you had this urge for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And you realize as you, get to the, as you get to the refrigerator, there's no jam. And there's no bread in the bread cabinet. Nor is it in the freezer. Nor is it in the refrigerator. Nor is it in the uh, lazy Susan. And it's not, it's definitely not in the pantry. And so you're standing there. It's midnight. You're hanging out with your friends. And you really, really, really want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So you go to the extreme. Anybody been there? Where you're so hungry and you really want, you just want peanut butter is what it comes down to. You just don't care what it's on. So you pull out flour tortillas. (laughs) You take the peanut butter and you swipe it across that flour tortilla. And then desperately you're looking for something sweet. So you grab the honey out of the kitchen out of the out of the kitchen sink because it's so old and it's been there for so long that you got it in the hot water to get it moving again, and then you squirt it all over your flour tortilla and you roll it up, you put it in the oven, and you top it with syrup. <laughs> I know you've been there no, no okay, or. Or 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 you really, 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 really want cereal and you pour your bowl and you're so excited and you go and there's no spoons. No I'm just kidding. No, you get a spoon and you walk to the refrigerator and you realize there's no and you go, gosh, dang it. So then you go to extreme water. You stick it in the sink, you get some you get some half and half. That's how you get fat right there, man. Get like a teaspoon, a half and a half, put some water, and you'll do good for the rest of the night. You know, when you go to those extremes, how many have been to the extreme where you're so, your head's so cold, and you're outside, and you realize that nobody else has an extra pair of, or extra hat, or do they have an extra pair of gloves, like in the movie Dumb and Dumber? What? (laughs) You had this extra period of gloves the entire time, but your head gets really cold, and you begin to think of how you can heat up your head. And the only thing you can think of that will fit on your head that's warm is your underwear. I've never done that before, but I promise you, I've thought it before. I've thought of the furthest extreme. That'd be so nasty. Do you imagine seeing some dude walking by with a stinking pair of underwear on his head? First of all, I'd be asking, how did he even do that in the first place? Would he go behind the bushes? i <laughs> trying to be real. <laughs> or you're camping. And, and you've been eating some bad food. And you're on a long walk, and you feel something in your tummy, and you realize, I have to relieve myself. There's no bushes. It's in mixed company with people of the opposite sex. And Andrew and I philosophy is let it flow. Just, just as you're walking, just let it flow. No, no, that's horrible. You're sick, sicko, man. I'd never do that. No, but you go take a dump in the woods. And you don't got any toilet paper. And all of a sudden, you begin to go to the extreme. Fingers. <laughs> okay, I'm, so, I'm just trying to be honest right now. I'm just, what I'm trying to get across is this idea that when you're in need, how far you will go to meet that extreme. And that our God is a God that understands our need, not specifically, the wiping of our rear ends, but specifically our emotional, our internal needs that we have. God is fully aware of them, and he understands that we will go to the furthest extreme to satisfy and meet those needs. When I really want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm going to make sure I'm get that peanut butter jelly sandwich. Even if I've got to use a flour tortilla, peanut butter, and honey that's been sitting in the stinking sink for the past 30 minutes getting warm. I'll go to the furthest extreme because I want that peanut Or I'm just hungry. And there's nothing in the refrigerator except a half eaten green bell pepper, a garlic, a, a, a clove of garlic, and an apple. And you're like, oh, we could do this. Garlic applesauce with bell peppers fried. Okay, I know that I understand some of these are just way too extreme, but my point is this. That we as humans have lack. We 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 we're outside and our head is cold, so we need something to cover our head. And Jesus wants to be the hat that covers our head. We're really really hungry. Jesus will be whatever we need him to be, even if it's we need to chop up some apples, make some applesauce, put some garlic in it, for some bad breath and vitamins. Your God wants to be your all in all. He wants to meet your every need. Even if it means it don't sound good and it don't look good even if it means that i hate life and i need somebody to comfort me my god is my all in all he is the all sufficient one there is nothing that he cannot not not do how many knots was that Moses asked God, God, who will I say sent me to Pharaoh? He said, tell him I am who I am, sent you. What was he saying? He said, tell him that the almighty, sufficient one, apart from me there is none other. I am the only one who can call me and myself I am. Who do you need me to be? I I need a healer. I am. Who do you need me to be? Well, I got problems with financial stuff. I am your provider. Who do you need me to be? I'm really sad. Well, I will weep and I will mourn with you when you are sad. Who do you need me to be? I'm really excited right now. I just got a raise. I will excite and jump and shout and get joyful with you. For when you weep, I will weep with you. And when you shout, I will shout with you. I want to be your all in all. I want to meet you at your every emotion. I want to meet you at your every want. I want to meet you at your every need. I want to meet you at your every desire. I want to meet you at your every longing. I want to meet you at your every hope and dream. And I want to meet you at your every failure. I want to be your all in all. And I can be. And I am. Amen. What I'm trying to say is that he can be. He wants to be. He is. But we have to admit, God, I'm really, really, really desperate. And that didn't suffice. Because, God, you know that a flour tortilla with peanut butter and honey fried on a grill with syrup just don't do. But, God, you do. Do. Paul Paul was writing to the Corinthians about the revelations that he got. And he says that because he had so much revelations, God sent and gave him a thorn in the flesh. Nobody really knows what this thorn is. I'll tell you some ideas of what people have said. Some sink it with some sink, some sink in the sink. Some think that this thorn that Paul referred to. Was not It definitely was not a literal thorn, like he rubbed up against the thorn bush, and he got thorn in his side, and he was like, oh, gosh, Lord, remove it. <laughs> do what you can, Lord. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was, uh, it, it it most definitely, it wasn't that he uh, he had bad eyesight. Some think that that's what it was. Uh, some actually believe, and bear with me, and don't laugh. If you do, you're probably immature. Uh, <laughs> I just laughed. <laughs> I just want to admit, I laugh at the dumbest things. I'm one of those people that, like, will laugh by myself. Anybody else do that? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm not alone. But you know that feeling when you want to laugh with somebody and so you kind of hold your laugh until somebody's with you? No? That's that's what I do. I'm, I'll laugh and I'll be like, okay, I got I to gotta hold this one in. I gotta hold this one in. It's kind of like when you got a fart but you want to wait. You got to wait until you're alone? Man, don't act all holy in church. I know that you hold your farts in when you're with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend. Anyway, where was I at? Oh, the thorn. Okay. So speaking of the thorn, they actually think, some scholars, most scholars believe, and I don't know how they can come to this conclusion except one logical reasoning, was uh, was that he was a homosexual and that he struggled with this attraction for men. That's a strong accusation against the Apostle Paul, um, was that he struggled with this lust and this attraction for men. But the, one of the reasons why they come to that is because he was single and he was a, cel- you, you with me? So they think that he had this this uh, struggle, but that, that that is not seen in uh, Scripture, and I don't believe that at all. But my point is this, is that. Uh, scholars and theologians have studied and tried to find out what this thorn in the flesh was. But the purpose why Paul didn't show us what the thorn in the flesh was, was so that we wouldn't make a big deal of the thorn in the flesh. But that we would understand, the, what, the, we wouldn't make a big deal of the specific of the thorn in the flesh. But we'd realize the principle of the thorn in the flesh. The thorn in the flesh is simply that which causes us to be in desperate need of God. The thorn of the flesh is that that simply makes us uh, 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 need God, uh, need healing, need restoration. It simply represents that where we lack. Have you ever had a thorn in your side? Yeah. Not really. I've had it on my finger. Okay, in your finger. You know how it's annoying, and it's just there, and you 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 feel like it's the smallest thing, but. But at the same time, you can't get your head out of it and stop thinking about it until it's gone. You know what I'm talking about? It's like this teeny little prick. You little prick. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get you, little prick. Could you imagine sitting on the toilet? You little prick. I'm gonna get you. Somebody walks in. You're banging on the wall. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get you, you little. Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you're offended, come tell me afterwards. I'll I'll apologize. (laughs) You little prick. That's the idea of the thorn in the flesh. Is that it's this little prick that won't stop agitating you. It won't stop tempting you. It won't stop causing you and giving you desire to run away and to find a satisfaction in something that doesn't satisfy. This this is what this is what this is what a, a thorn is. A thorn is simply that part of us where we lack. And sometimes it increases. You know, you know, as Christians, we struggle with different things. And from time to time, those things will increase or decrease. You know what I'm saying? And so, in this particular time, some weakness in Paul was being increased. And this thorn continued to remind him of his lack. I don't know what it was, but I do know this. Paul was desperate for this thorn to be removed. It was such a big deal to him that he asked the Lord over and over again, three times. And I could imagine how Paul asked the Lord, Lord, I got this thing. I'm dealing with it. I don't like it. It's frustrating me. It's agitating me. God, I don't get it. Remove it. He woke up next morning. I'm still there. God. You say whatever I ask in your name, you do it for me, Lord. I've been struggling with this for quite a while, God, and I really want you to take this from me. Because it's too hard, and I feel like if you don't take it from me, I'm going to stumble again. And if you don't remove this from me, I'm going to get frustrated and pump somebody in the face. God, I really need you. I don't know how he said or what he said, but I know from scripture that he was desperately wanting God to remove this. God, would you remove this from me? Would you take this thorn from me? He didn't get an answer. Just went to sleep. Woke up the next morning. Still there. God, <laughs> not playing games, God. God. I know you're sovereign and everything, but for real. Got to remove this prick, God. (laughs) I like roses, but I can't stand the thorn. Remove this, remove it, Lord. I yelled, I cried. God, I did everything. Yelled and cried. Uh, And I'm just going to whisper, Lord, would you remove it, please? Please. The Bible says that Jesus responded to him. Jesus spoke to him. Paul had this struggle. Paul had this temptation. Paul had this emotional, internal lack. And he just wanted God to take it away. You know, I think about us as Christians, as human beings. We might not have a thorn in our flesh, but we do have lack. And we do have needs. And we do have failures. And we do have desires. And we do have longings. And we do have hopes and dreams. And those things, when they're not satisfied... Listen to me now. Those things, when they're not quenched, we begin to sin. When my longing for intimacy is not met, I'll go to the end of the world to find somebody to have a sexual relationship with. When my need for loneliness, or sorry, my, my need for for intimacy and for relationship is not met, which is a healthy need and desire. Out of my loneliness, I'll give myself to alcohol, to drugs, to video games, to masturbation, to pornography. We will give ourselves to the most extreme things, Because we have this lack. I'm I'm wanting to help you tonight as I have been growing more and helping myself by the grace of God. And how to deal with this. Because we have these lacks. And our first tendency is, God, would you remove this temptation God, I want to be pure before you, but but God, I really want you, and I I need you, God, to take away this lustful heart. God, I want to be a good leader, but I, I just struggle with pride so much. God, I want to be a good friend, but I feel like every time I'm around that person, I just feel like I need to tell them that I'm better than them. God, I... I'm really, 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 really afraid, but I don't want to say it, so I just need you to take away my problems, Lord. God, I'm really, 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 really afraid to speak in front of people. God, I'm really, 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 really afraid to go to my family and tell them about Jesus. God, I'm really, 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 really afraid to go to my campus and make friends, even though it may cost me to be hurt. God, I'm really, really afraid to tell people about how I really feel and about what I really struggle with. God, I'm really afraid. God, can you take that fear away so I can go do that? God, can you take away that desire for sex? No. No, because I've made you human. You should desire sex. Sex is good in the right season. Sex is good in the context of marriage. Sex is a curse outside of marriage. You will only be a curse, and you only will receive a curse. So I will not remove sex from you or the desire for sex. And I will not remove the desire for intimacy from you. For if I remove that desire, you will no longer be human. And I will not remove your fear from you. What what did he just say? I will not remove your fear from you. Because if I remove your fear from you, then you will not be human anymore. But the Bible says don't be afraid. It does. The Bible also says don't sin against your brother. But you still do that, don't you? One day you will have no fear. But right now you do have fear. And right now God wants you to be honest about your fear. So you're saying he's never going to remove my fear? I'm not saying that. He may. But he may say, hey, I know you're afraid but I'm asking you to be obedient anyway and go to your school and tell them about Jesus, even in your fear. Paul said, when I came to you, I did not come with persuasive words of human wisdom, but I came in fear, and I came in trembling, but I came with the power of God. Yes, I was afraid, and I was weak among you, but God was strong among you. You know, the first thing that happens when we, realize our lack, we ask God to remove it. God, can you just take away uh, that, that thing? I don't even want to say what it is. But take it away, Lord, you know what I'm talking about. Big man upstairs, Papa Jay. God, would you transform me? God, I'm not going to be holy until you transform me. So make me more like you. That's a good prayer. But you know what our prayer should more be like? It should be a little bit more like this. God... Transform me. But if you don't transform me, at least meet my need. God, I'm okay, I think, with the idea that you may not transform me. You may not remove that thorn. You may not take that temptation away. But God, I need you to meet my need. God may not remove that thorn from your flesh because he didn't do it to Paul. It's a principle in scripture that God will leave temptation, struggles, hardship in your life, and I could go on and on and on of things, so that you run to him. For if he takes it away, then you're no longer human. You're now divine. So he must keep you in that place, so that you're forced to run to him. Yeah, but I'm going to run to something else. You have the option. You either run to him, you either choose blessing, or you choose curse. So what do I do when I'm struggling with masturbation, and I really, 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 really want to masturbate? What do I do, Gabriel? What are you saying? I'm saying don't do it. I'm saying sit in your desperation for intimacy, for life, for joy, for peace, for love, for relationship, sit in that broken and desperate place and cry and call out to him who can meet that need. I'm sorry if that sounds arrogant and that sounds prideful. Take it or leave it. What I'm telling you is this, God will not remove the temptation from you yet. For you will be human. One day that will be completely removed. But as of right now, until sadness is completely removed, as we sing tonight, until fear is completely removed, until anger is completely removed, until shame and guilt is completely removed, until failures are completely removed, we still have those things. Why? Why? Because God wants us to cry out to Him. He wants us to want Him. He wants us to understand that we need Him. Paul says, He answered me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. Hey, hey, I know you're struggling. But what I have given you is enough for you. I know you're having a really tough time, and I know you want me to remove that from you. But I'm not going to do it, because I want you to know that what I have given to you and for you is plenty enough to get you by. Yeah, but I don't want to struggle anymore. Well, then you don't want to live anymore, because you will struggle until the day you die. Or, 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 you would just run to every source in life to make yourself feel better about yourself and justify it and say, well, it's okay, but you'll get to heaven and see how much your life burned away and how little you really knew God and how little he really knew you. And you only live a half-hearted life, half-fulfilled life, until you come to this place where you realize that Jesus is my all in all. That Jesus is the all-sufficient one. That his grace is sufficient for me in my need. That his power and his favor is enough for me. Gabriel, okay, you got to give me an example. Okay, I'll give you an example. That in a weakness, in the lack of hurt. How many of have ever hurt before? I know all of us can raise our hand. It's obvious. In the lack of hurt, Jesus is the, f- the sufficient one to bring healing. In the lack of loneliness, Jesus is the all-sufficient one that will bring intimacy. In the lack of your guilt, Jesus is the all-sufficient one who can bring forgiveness to your soul. In the lack of shame, where you feel ashamed of who you are, Jesus is the all-sufficient one who declares you as his righteousness and calls you his son and his daughter. Gosh, I feel so ashamed. and I, I, I just need God to take this from me. No, 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 no. What you need to realize is what he's already given to you, that you are his child, that yes, you're dirty, but yes, you're clean. Yes, you're a sinner, but yes, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, by yourself, you're an orphan, but now in Christ, you're adopted as a son and as a daughter of the most high God. And my fear, he gives me wisdom. To overcome what I'm afraid of. And he pours out love into my heart to help me deal with the fear that I'm going through. He says, My grace is sufficient for you. I am your everything. I've given you all that you need, but you continue. Day after day, to get to this place of, if if I'm sitting right now, and where I am sitting represents lack or weakness or an unmet need or an unmet desire or longing, if I'm sitting in that place and I get to that place instantly, I must meet that need, I must find a place to satisfy the longing of my heart. I must find a place to meet my needs and my longings and my desires. So what do I do? What do you do when you're in that place of desperation? If it's not running to Christ, if it's not waiting on him, then yes, you're just running to another idol. Okay, that's pretty extreme, I know. God's really jealous. He's really desperate in the sense that he really, really, really wants us to really want him. What do we do if we are desperate, and he's the all-sufficient one? Last week, this is kind of in some ways a, a reiterating of last week. What do we do? what Paul says. He says, therefore, most gladly, <laughs> therefore, most gladly, what a way to start off this next sentence. Uh, most happily, I will rather boast in my infirmities, which means weaknesses, The power of Christ may rest upon me. Not only am I most glad, but I take pleasure. I mean, I take pleasure in eating food, watching movies, and hanging out with friends. Paul says he takes pleasure in weaknesses, in reproaches, in his needs, in his persecutions, in his distresses. Oh, that was just his calling, was it? Or is this a principle throughout life that God wants us to take pleasure and boast in our weaknesses? What do you brag about? Get better at bragging. That's what, that's what boast means, it just means what you brag about. Get better at bragging about your weaknesses so he can meet you in that need. Yeah, but I struggle with it all the time, okay? Then tell people all the time. And more and more and more, Christ will fulfill and meet that need. We're really, really good at doing two things. Remember a couple weeks ago? We're good at, one, talking about our strengths. And two, talking about other people's weaknesses. We're really good at talking about our strengths and talking about other people's weaknesses. And if you feel like you've already mastered the opposite, which is talking about your weaknesses and talking about other strengths, then you haven't mastered it. I'm just telling you. It should be an ongoing pursuit to learn what it means to brag about where I'm weak, to brag about where I lack, to brag about where I am not, to brag about where I really am, to brag about my stuff, my failures, to brag about the unmet needs of my heart, to brag about those things, why would I even do that? Because when you brag about it and you live in that place of boasting and bragging about your weaknesses, it's then and only then will Christ meet that need. Gabriel, I want to be a minister. Well, you are, but you won't be effective until you learn how to boast in your weaknesses, for His power, which is the only thing that is effective is not effective in you if you're not boasting in your weaknesses. For Paul just said, for when I boast in my weaknesses, the power of Christ rests upon me. You want to be effective in ministry? Talk about your junk more. You want to have a better relationship with Jesus? Tell him everything that you deal with. From the biggest, horriblest, most disgusting thing you deal with, to your deepest desires and longings. You want to have intimacy with Christ? Boast in your weaknesses. If you want to have intimacy with one another, boast in your weaknesses. You know, there's so many things we could talk about tonight. I guess I could dumb the message down. I guess I could make it a little bit easier for you. But then I'd be doing you a disservice, and I wouldn't be preaching the truth. This is what I'm saying is truth. And if you live by it, you will experience the power of God working in and through you. If you ignore it, you will miss out on intimacy with God and with each other. And you will never be effective in life regarding God's kingdom values. You may make money. You may be successful in this world. But you will not be successful in his kingdom and in his ways. And your heart will only be discouraged and dissatisfied. So I challenge you. Tonight... As you think about taking a flour tortilla and putting peanut butter on it and squirting honey all over it, as you think about that and consider your extreme ways of meeting your need, I challenge you to call up the Lord, dial his number, call up your friend and say, I'm really, really desperate. I'm so desperate I'm putting ketchup on ice cream. I'm so desperate that I'm using chocolate milk in my cereal. That actually sounds pretty good. Lord, I'm so desperate that if I don't get this need met, I'm going to run away. Worship team, can you come back up here, please? I'm so sad that if somebody doesn't cry with me, I want to kill myself. I'm so afraid. if God doesn't meet me in this place of my fear, I'm going to crawl in a hole. (coughs) And I'm never going to do anything for him ever again. I'm so angry (coughs) and jealous that I want to kill that person. (coughs) I hate life so much. I don't ever want to see anybody ever again. These are extremes. These are some ideas about needs, hurts, longings, and desires, failures. All in all, there are weaknesses. My encouragement to you is be honest. My encouragement to you is whatever you're feeling, whatever you're dealing with, Cast your care upon the Lord. Boast. Brag. It means talk about it too much. That's what boast means. Talk about it too much. You've been talking about your stuff too much. No. I'm just trying to boast. Talk about your stuff too much to the Lord. See, if you talk about your junk too much, and you talk about his life, and his goodness, and his power, and his love, and his mercies, and his grace, and that he's all sufficient to meet your every need, you will live a more full life.